will be so weird to even think about seeing him wearing another, you know, cut up hoodie or anything. But um, I will say, knowing Bill, none of us really know how anything will work out because that's part of the reason why he's been so great is the mysterious kind of nature that he has. Hey, what's cracking? Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast, where I am fired up for this. I've got a big-time conversation on deck for episode 291 because today I have tracked down a three-time Super Bowl champion, a huge piece of the Patriots dynasty, a three-time All-Pro. He's a member of the Patriots All-2010s team. He is longtime New England safety, Devin McCourty. Devin was picked up by the Patriots in the first round of the 2010 draft. And he never left. He spent his entire 13-year career in Foxborough winning like crazy and ripping Lombardis. Now he's hit the ground running to start his broadcasting career with NBC Sports Football Night in America and Westwood One. I cannot wait to catch up with him. So let's not wait. Let's get right to it. It's episode 291 of the Jim Rome Podcast with Pat's legend, Devin McCarty, and it's coming at you right now. Devin, Jim Rome, absolutely awesome to have you on this podcast, man. I know how busy you are. I appreciate your time. Great to have you. How are things? Uh, man, no complaints. Uh, doing well, enjoying uh, life after football has been awesome. Getting to still, you know, be around the game and, and talk about it and watch it and enjoy it. Um, but my body feels a lot better not running full speed, hitting people. Man, I bet. I bet. Listen, I'm actually fascinated by your life after football, and I want to get into that. But let's go back and start with the NFL's first ever Black Friday game. You were a part of that. Let's put aside, Devin, for a minute, the beatdown that Miami laid on the Jets. I want to ask you what it was like to call the game for Westwood One Radio with your brother Jason and Ian Eagle. How special was it to share the broadcast booth with your brother at the Meadowlands in your home state of Jersey? Man, it was so cool. And I think, you know, how things just happened. Uh, organically is is hilarious you know Jason retiring a year before me he uh, goes and auditions and he actually does uh, an audition call in the game with Noah Eagle uh, Ian's son and then you fast forward two years later um, you know he called his first game on radio with Ian I called my first game with Ian and then you know Black Friday we're together with Ian doing something that we've done together since we were 10 years old playing football and now we get to talk about the game of football, laugh, joke. Uh, I mean, we were we were shooting digs at each other during the broadcast. So uh, we had a lot of fun. And we hope when people listen to us, they can just tell how much fun we're having uh, watching and talking about the game. Man, that is the best. What a blast that is. And listen, sidebar really quickly. Ian, Ian is recognized as not only the one of the best to ever do it. You'll never find a classier guy. What was it like yep. to work with Ian? Oh, man. You know, you talking about being on air with him and – For one, he's just so easy to work with. You know, my first game, obviously, I'm so nervous doing it. But as soon as we start, like, he's cracking jokes. He's he's singing rap music before you go on air. Like, it's just all the little things. Uh, And then I think I've been blown away, and it's helped me out a lot. It's just the storytelling, whether it's riding to the game or being in the hotel, him just sharing all his experiences and what he's learned and, and telling stories about coaches that he's had production meetings with. Just all those small things kind of give me back, get me back in that locker room uh, kind of aspect of talking to coaches and different people. Um, so Ian's been a great, you know, obviously play-by-play guy, but for me, just a, a small mentorship role 
uh, of being able to call games with him and learn from him. Yeah, you get it. He's beloved. He's got this knack of making everybody feel really, really comfortable. You yep. know, you, as far as that game itself, I mean, you have seen some crazy things during your years in the game, but have you ever witnessed anything like the Dolphins taking back that Hail Mary thrown by Tim Boyle for a 99-yard pick six heading into halftime? And was that not the most Jets thing ever? Man, our, our producer, we call him Snake, he had to tap us to talk. We're sitting, we're sitting there, and Javon Holland starts running, and we're like, in our head, we're all like, he's he's about to score, and just the whole sequence of, you know, just a minute before that play, the Jets got a pick six, then Miami got the ball back, and Miami threw an interception, so the Jets get the ball back, and they, it was just the craziest, obviously that play, but those plays all put together. I don't know if I've ever seen three interceptions in a minute in a game that was right before the half. And then I thought Mike McDaniel absolutely stole the show by running full speed towards the tunnel and then stopping and watching the extra point from the tunnel uh, was probably one of the best things I've ever seen a head coach do mid-game. Um, he just looked like he was having more fun than anybody else out there on the field um, watching his guys go out there and compete. Dad, I'm so glad you brought him up. Mike, I mean, I love this guy. I've never actually spoken to this guy. I've never met this guy. I cannot get enough of this guy. I think he's fascinating because you normally don't see, like, these fun coaches last very long. But very clearly, this guy's had this amazing journey. He's pretty open and transparent about how he, like, he literally partied his way out of the NFL, fought his way back in, understands the uh, moment and the opportunity. And, dude, he's just so different and so funny. What's your take on him? What do you think he'd be like to play for? Yeah, I, I know they don't seem too excited to have the hard knocks. But what I've loved about the hard knocks, just, you know, only two episodes out, is we all see him as just this, like, fun, probably easy going. But you can tell, like, even in those meetings when my guy Campanelli gets up there and he's talking to that team, like, they are working hard and they're still going after it. But what I love about him from watching from the outside in, I think what I would enjoy about being uh, one of his players is he's just himself. Like, he is who he is. He's going out there having fun. He's going out there probably cracking jokes with the guys. I don't know if he even yells much, but if he yells, it's probably a part of just who he is. There's no act, or he's not trying to fill this role of what a head coach should be. And I think especially for this generation, I think he connects with all of those guys a lot more than some of these other coaches because they want to see that. They want to feel like me and my coach aren't that different. Like, when Javon Holland scoring on a Hail Mary pick six, none of us have ever seen that. Instead of him kind of sitting there calm on the sideline, not reacting, he's going nuts. And I think you can see his players, you can see at the end of games when he's running full speed in the tunnel, they're they're like dapping him up and they're getting ready to see him run too. So I think it's been cool to see how he just brings everybody along with him on the journey. It's not as much of that you know, him standing at the front of the room pointing and telling people what to do. It just seems like he just grabs his team and says, hey, let's go on this journey together. Uh, I'll lead the way, but I want everybody's input. And uh, it's been working. Miami looks like a really good football team. Um, and I think the way they compete uh, is what makes them fun to watch. I think that's really interesting. Like, he's real. He's authentic. And he connects. And you can see it. Hey, clones, what do we want when we're craving protein and we need more energy? I'll tell you what we don't want 
bars, sugary snacks, energy drinks. Nah, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. No, Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and tasty. It's never tough. So why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. In other words, they take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein and comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach, anywhere at all. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality that you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? You know, you mentioned your brother and the fact that both you guys are in it. Like, you're both killing it as analysts already. Jason with NFL Network and CBS Sports. And you're a part of the cast of Football Night in America on NBC. Dude, it's one thing to kind of break your way in, maybe start with a podcast. I mean, you hit the ground running. You're a part of a major, major in-studio show for NBC. That's a high-profile program. What's the first year been like for you? Man, Jim, you hit it. When when they offered me the job, I was kind of like, man, this is exciting. But I was also like, I don't know, I don't know if I'm ready to do this. This is a huge jump first year out getting involved in this. Um, but the the first year has been awesome. I think you know from the nerves and everything, and, and going in that first weekend, um, being in Kansas City, being live at that game, then Sunday being in studio and watching all those one o'clock games at one time, and I'm trying to take notes. Everything's happening super fast. And I still remember our producer, Matt Casey, goes to me, all right, Dev, tell me what you got for the 1 p.m. slot. And I was like, uh, <laughs> Case, you had me watch eight games at one time. I, I don't have much of anything. And from just that learning experience going forward of how to watch all of these games at once and being able to break it down and watch, you know, defensive fronts, what the offensive line's doing, what like just seeing that as it's all happening at one time, um, has been challenging, but it's been a lot of fun, man. And I, I can't, I can't say it enough. Everybody over there, from behind the scenes with the production of the show, graphics, um, researchers, and then obviously the cast on the show, everyone has been just so welcoming, giving me advice. You know, Coach Dungey and Rodney gave me advice all the way back in August when we did the Hall of Fame game, and then being in studio with uh, Jason Garris, Sims, Maria, uh, Matt Berry, and Florio, like. They continue to encourage me. They continue to give me advice, tell stories. Um, so it's made me feel at home. And that, that's been a big part of, you know, why I haven't absolutely bombed it. And, and it's been a good so far. No, dude, you're not bombing it at all. It seems to me, Devin, it's like it's it's a different deal. It's a different sport, so to speak. But it's a team, right? You know how teams are. Some teams have great chemistry. Some teams have guys that are picking each other up, people picking each other up. And you've got other teams that frankly don't function as well where you're not pulling for everybody it it makes a difference like if you like and respect the people you work for and you're not climbing over each other to get credit it makes a big difference and I think you can tell on the air and I think it's pretty clear on that show that's the way it is you know I think that you the fact that you and your brother twin brother both made it to the NFL, both had 13-year careers. I mean, we know this. It's absolutely legendary. And you've been asked and answered every imaginable Twins question there's ever been and always been great about it. But let me ask you something a little bit different. You were only three, Devin, when you lost your father, Calvin, to a heart attack. 
what an incredibly overwhelming time that must have been for your mother, Phyllis, and throughout. Like, I'm curious, how did she shape and influence the person that you are today? Oh, man, she, she's been everything. And I think what's so special about her is there was never an intention for her to go out there and raise two sons that were going to play in the NFL and do all of these different things. Like, she always just saw being a parent as sacrifice. So when, you know, when our father passed away, she didn't think twice. She just went right into um, Mama Bear uh, role of saying, all right, I need to make sure that I feel – any shoes, fill any role that these kids need for me to fill, whether that's, you know, being at home and cooking, whether I was taking us to so many different football practices or basketball tournaments all up and down the East Coast, she would do it. And, you know, we get to college, she would drive to North Carolina to watch a game. She'd go to West Virginia and get booed at and everything. Like, she always just supported us. And, you know, I have an older brother as well. And she just continued to just show up and, um, I think that's what I've learned the most. I think you think you you learn a lot about yourself from your parents and you go through life and then you have your own kids and you realize the type of parent that you try to be um, is just to try to be as good as my mom. And that's all I've done um, since having, you know, my three kids is try to sacrifice, try to make sure I put them first um, because that's what I learned from my mom. She doesn't care about any accolades or anything that she doesn't want attention. She thinks and believes. Truly that when you bring kids in the world, your job is to be the best parent you can possibly be. Um, and I'm, I'm just so grateful and thankful um, that God chose her to be my mom because uh, I tell all the time she crushed it. It's beautiful, man. And if she set the standard and the standard is the standard, you have a high standard to live up to, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, so when you look at this thing, and I want to talk to you in a minute about some of the other things you're doing off the field before I let you go, because... You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Your post-football career has been really interesting and really diverse. I'm curious, though, as somebody who won three Super Bowl rings, and you got to be objective, but there's always going to be kind of an emotional, personal element attached as well. As you sit back now and you're on the other side and you're watching the Patriots and you're watching them struggle and they're 2-9, and nine, what's that like for you? Like, is it is it surreal? Does it make you upset? Does it make you sad? What's it feel like? Man, uh... First, it, um, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm not there for it. That's that's for, for yeah. But sure. by the way, but, can I interrupt that? Um, One of the reasons you're yeah. not there is because you didn't want to be there if you couldn't legitimately compete for a title, right? That was by design. Yeah, I think like you know, football is a hard sport, and I was so lucky. Like I played last season. I was 35 years old. Like that. That's not normal to be out there competing and playing. Um, I think I played over 90 percent of the snaps at 35 years old. So you start to get up there in age for me, you know, it was, I wasn't playing for money anymore. I'm not playing for notoriety. Like I was playing strictly to see if I can walk away with four Super Bowls instead of three. And when that's not, you know, when that's not ideal, when you know, you know, you're there to help kind of build a team moving into the future, you got to start to make those decisions on what's best for your body and for your family. Um, and I, I kind of knew this year what was best for, you know, myself and my family 
was moving on from football. But as I watch those guys, it, it's tough sometimes because it's not just like watching the Patriots, like this team that's like your favorite team as a fan. But I'm watching a lot of guys that I competed with for a long time. Like I got a chance last weekend since they played in Jersey to go to the hotel and I'm sitting down with Matthew Slater, who I played 13 years with. And I'm hearing him talk about, you know, some of the challenges and what he's going through and how tough it is on him. So, you know, from that part, it, it's really hard to see, you know, guys you call your friends, guys that are like brothers um, go through that. And then on the other hand, as an analyst, when you get on there and you're talking about the team, you it, it sucks to have to talk about the team and, and talk about what you see, but you also want to be honest. Like, that's that's what you do for a living now. I want to be credible. I want to talk about what I see. Um, so it, it's been rough, but I think I think they still have a chance to get better going forward. But um, it's going to be a tough year. I kind of knew that. And, you know, they're, they're working. And, you know, it's hard to lose in New England because it's a tough place to play. They work hard. Bill's old school. He believes in hard work. And, you know, I know even though they're two and nine, they're still getting after it right now in practice this week. So, Devin, you know, we know that Bill's going to be working somewhere next year. There's no way he's going to stop, not short of that record, and not because he's not ready yet. He's not ready. He wants to coach. We know this. Do you think it's going to be in New England next year, or might you make the argument that actually at this point both sides might be better served by separating and going their separate ways? Yeah, man, it's hard. I think a lot of it is going to be determined on how this season ends. You know, I think 2-9 and now – I think how they finish the season will play a huge part in that. Um, So if I had to call it right now because it's a four-game losing streak, I I do. I think think at the end of the year there is a conversation where I think there is a chance where it's like, hey, we're going to agree that, you know, you're going to go your way, we'll go our way. Um, I think there's a good chance that that might happen. And, you know, I think that's not from, like, any inside information. Just from watching it and seeing how this season – has gone on I think you know we just talked about myself personally of not playing I think even for Bill as you've been coaching for such a long time this team kind of now was in that rebuild phase of you know I don't know if it really makes sense does he want to be a part of a rebuild especially when I think if he was you know call it a free agent as a coach I think there's a lot of teams that would be highly interested in bringing him in some teams that are close you know have a lot of talent but how do they get the ship steered in the right direction? I think there's a lot of owners that know there's no one better at doing that than a guy who did it at a high level for 20 years, you know, when it's six Super Bowl. So um, I do think there's a good chance that, you know, he's somewhere else, which will be so weird to even think about seeing him wearing another, you know, cut up hoodie or anything. But um, I will say knowing Bill, none of us really know how anything will work out because that's part of the reason why he's been so great is the mysterious kind of nature that he has and how he comes up with so many different things um, that people don't expect. So um, I can have an expectation, but, you know, I would not be surprised if I'm if I'm wrong and something totally different happens. Now, I appreciate those thoughts. Listen, before I let you go, what you said, it's so true. It's going to be so weird. It would be so weird to see him in another hoodie with cut-off sleeves. But then again, <laughs> Tom Brady did end up someplace else, right? Joe yeah. Montana ended up someplace else. Brett Favre ended up someplace else. You know, speaking of Brady, he generated, and you know him really well, he generated, Devin, a lot of buzz recently when he said he sees, quote, a lot of mediocrity in the NFL. Now, 
somebody saying something is mediocre is not like molten lava, right? Like, that's not crazy. But for a dude who's actually been very careful about what he says for all these years, that might actually qualify as a hot take coming from him. I'm curious, (laughs) where do you think he was going with that? Was he just answering a question? Or maybe is he gearing up for the start of his broadcast career next season at Fox? I, I mean, I think so. I think he is gearing up. I think as a player, I think Tom is one of the most thoughtful guys of he always considered what he said and, and the impact it was going to have on everybody, not only even on the team, but everybody in the whole organization. Like he was always mindful of that. And I'm sure knowing him, he wants to be prepared. I'm sure he's met with different people. He's talked to execs. He's talked to people who have done TV and media for a long time. I think he knows that a part of doing this job he has to state his opinion. Like I've, I've gotten to know him over a long period of time. He has different takes and, and thoughts on so many different things. And, and I think he actually is going to be pretty good at, um, at the job if he does decide to, to take it on and do it. So I think he is preparing for that. I think he's preparing for, you know, I think he's doing it on that podcast that he has um, where now you are giving your authentic, real take on some things. I'm sure. And he said it in the past before, there's been plenty of times that he's wanted to say something, but he doesn't because he doesn't think that's what was best for the team. Whereas now what's best for Tom Brady and his career is going to be, be incredible. So I do see him kind of starting that. Um, I hope it does happen. I, I love when he goes out there and he gives his takes because he's a guy that's accomplished more than anybody. He has a different take on a lot of things. He's done different things that other people haven't done. Like, let's hear about it. Let's hear about why you did it. Let's hear about what you see. When you watch young guys, let's let's hear your take on Patrick Mahomes and his future. Like, I think so many people would love to hear his real takes, not just that, you know, that guy's great. You know, he has a bright future, but the different things that he actually sees. Um, I, I think we'll we'll see more of that if he does decide to go on Fox. Well, I think you're right, dude. If he does it, if he does it and he commits to it, and I'm not saying you just like guys up, but you're just real and you're authentic and you tell us what exactly. you really think, he'd be fascinating. He'd be fascinating. U.S. Cellular wants to help everybody get the gift of connection this holiday season. Already a customer? This applies to you, too, because right now, new and current customers can get any phone, and I mean any phone, for free. Yes, really free. Sounds like it's time to make the switch. Spread holiday cheer far and wide this season with a new phone. Everybody can get the gift of connection at U.S. Cellular. Get any phone free today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. Devin, before you go, I want to ask you something. You Now that your playing career is over, you've had more time to dedicate yourself to causes that are more deeply you know, that affect you more deeply off of the field, such as fighting injustice. For those who do not know, who is William Allen? Oh, man, my, my guy, Will. He's a, he's a, uh, a man uh, who was in prison for 28 years. Um, and, and not to go into a super long version of this, but he was sentenced to, to life in prison without the possibility of paroling uh, in Massachusetts. He was 20 years old when he committed a crime. Uh, him and another man decided to to rob someone, and during that robbery, um, the his uh, accomplice, the other person he was working with, uh, stabbed and killed uh, the man that they robbed. And um, back then, and I want to say 1997, the law read uh, joint venture felony meant that anything happened during a felony um, that whoever was involved would be charged with the same type of uh, charges. So they both got charged with first degree murder. 
the man who committed the, the murder decided to take a plea deal, plead on a second degree murder. William thought, hey, I didn't do it. I didn't kill the guy. Yes, I was there. I was wrong, but I didn't kill him. So first degree murder isn't something I should have. So he went to trial. And obviously in that trial, he got sentenced to uh, life in prison. And I got involved uh, during 2020. And, you know, commutation is something where you're not getting off and it's saying that you were wrongfully accused. It's saying, hey, I committed this crime, but the punishment that I got for this crime isn't really just. So now I'm trying, you know, and I'm asking for you to commute my sentence uh, myself. Um, and a bunch of guys on the team, and ultimately the whole team and uh, the craft group got behind writing a letter to the former governor, Governor Baker, to commute William Allen's sentence. Uh, it hadn't been done in 25 years, but they decided to commute his sentence. Um, and I think the coolest thing about that was for me and my teammates, we got to be involved in something where we got to meet a man who was in prison 28 years and dreamed for years about being free and he got to come into our team once he was free and speak to his hometown team from a totally different lens. And it was so cool because he was so positive. He was cheering guys on. He was telling guys, don't listen to outside noise. I love you. Um, so it was an awesome experience for me to be a part of something like that. Um, and I still talk to him to this day. I, I was with him uh, maybe two weeks ago receiving an award uh, for what he did and what I was able to be a part of. So uh, unbelievable human being who made a mistake, um, but now is living it and, and trying to do right by a lot of different people in his life. What an amazing story. I, I could walk you off on that, but one quick follow. I, I want to ask, you've experienced the highest of highs on the football field, winning three Super Bowls. Obviously, this is so different. I mean, this is life and death. This is so different. How would you compare the feeling of seeing Will Allen set free to, say, winning a Super Bowl? Man, it's not even close. I remember Jonathan Kraft actually got the news before some other people, and he called me. And when he called me, my heart dropped. Like, I, I, went, I had goosebumps. Like, I, I just never imagined being a part of something like that. And I'm sure for, like, lawyers or legal people, like, they see that stuff and they get to experience it all the time. But just being, you know, a young kid that dreamed about being a football player, being an athlete, winning a Super Bowl, unbelievable, great feeling. Um, but that being a part of something that big where somebody now, after almost 30 years, three decades in prison, got to go home and give his dad a hug and, and, and hug his son like that to me was like that was right under my kids being born. That is, that's right up there with it of one of the most unbelievable feelings that I've ever experienced. Good for you. What an amazing story. What an amazing story and experience. Devin, listen, I appreciate the time that you just gave us. That's a long-form, big ask by me. I appreciate you so much. That was an absolutely awesome conversation. Thank you for making time, and I really do appreciate it. Thanks so much, dude. No, no problem, man. You're, you're one of the titans of this, man. So watch your show growing up. So awesome anytime I get a chance to talk to you. Not that this is any kind of news flash, but wow, what an interesting, thoughtful, fascinating dude. That right there is the very epitome of a pro's pro. You can tell immediately why one of the greatest head coaches ever trusted this guy so much and why one of the greatest dynasties ever relied so heavily on him. My enormous thanks to Devin McCourty for stretching out and making the time for the side hustle and bringing such incredible insight and what a great, great perspective. This is why I love this podcast. This is why this podcast exists. Long form, 
premium conversations that you will not hear and cannot find anywhere else. And there are nearly 300 episodes already done and in the can, and they all hold up. So if you're looking for more of where that came from, there is a lot more where that came from. Check any of the episodes out. I know you will not be disappointed. And if you'll consider subscribing, you will be the very first one to know every single time a new episode drops, such as episode 292, which is going to drop next week. Good news is, if you're subscribed, you don't have to go looking for it. It will find you instead. So do me a solid. Find that subscribe button, smash the hell out of it, and I will catch you next time right here on the Jim Rome Podcast. Peace.